down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. I think the Hawks are two players away, Chuck. Yeah. Two? LeBron and Anthony Davis. Wow. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. The NBA is going at full speed right now. We just have games every night. Uh, pretty much every team is playing every other night at this point. Uh, very interesting season. And I just couldn't think of someone better to talk about right now and just kind of talk small picture stuff and some big picture stuff with uh, our good friend Rohit, who's on the line. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? Good to be back on the pod. It's been it's been some time. I know you did a pod with Nishant in between uh, maybe a couple months ago. I think this is our first time doing a pod since the, our celebratory tour that we did on this pod after the Lakers won the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Loki, that's like yeah, this is a celebratory pod. That's Loki, like the last time I was seriously watching basketball. But now, and like obviously, I've been keeping tabs on the season. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a weird season to say the least. And like yeah, it's been kind of. Uh, a lot of ups and downs and kind of like a very like definitely a very strange NBA season to say the least. Definitely. I mean, just between the how quickly the season restarted, I think it definitely surprised a lot of people. And on top of mm-hmm. that, um, just like how condensed the schedule is, the amount of early season cancellation of games that we had and now how the second half of the schedule is so packed. It's definitely been a, a very interesting and different season to say the least. Um, but I, yeah, think- I was, I, I was, sh- yeah, I was shocked to see how early they started the season. Like I was like, I'm like, oh, they're not going to start before like, you know, like March at the earliest and stuff. And then they're like suddenly like December. I'm like, what? I mean, I think there's obviously like, even right now you can see with the way teams are playing, like, or especially how the season started. There's like teams that you could see the teams that played in the bubble and some had a positive impact for playing the bubble. I mean, best example that is the Phoenix Suns, but then there are teams that had, did have a bit of a bubble hangover, um, like the heat, um, and the, the Lakers have started off well in the season, but then have since then, I mean, the injuries and then some of the new additions and the, then the way the schedules worked out have kind of, um, been more thrown off by the, the early season restart. Definitely. I mean, it's just, uh, every team's come out of the bubble, like in different ways. Uh, I think definitely the Heat and the Lakers both, just given that those two teams had the shortest offseason in NBA history, uh, it was just <laughs> incredible amount of stress on their bodies, and you could see that taking effect. But, I mean, just of, like, more recent circumstances, last night it was just a terrible, terrible injury that we saw with Jamal Murray um, at the end of the Nuggets-Warriors game. He's going up for a layup, and as he's going up, you know, just the replay of that video was just brutal to watch. We just see his left knee buckle. He goes down right away. And, you know, he's just grabbing at the grabbing at that knee and just in severe, severe pain. Uh, just sad, so sad to see a guy that we saw break out in the bubble. I mean, he was someone that in that jazz series, he <laughs> he really came into his own. He had two 50 point games. And then I think no one really talks about this. Uh, but in that Clippers Nuggets game seven, everyone just talked about how the Clippers collapsed, which they did, and we took great joy in mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but no one talks about how <laughs> Jamal put up a 40-point game in that game seven. Like, he he took, he led the Nuggets. He won that game for the Nuggets. It wasn't just the Clippers collapse. Like, Jamal won it for them. Dude, yeah, I think people, like, yeah, I mean, I feel so bad for Jamal Murray. I mean, like, that, you hate to see any, any athlete go down like that, but Jamal Murray especially, like, with the way the Nuggets have been kind of, like, hitting their stride lately, and then Jamal Murray especially, like, I think... He's one of those guys that I think the 
I mean, some people who watch basketball, especially playoff basketball, know how good he can be. And like, you know, he is a true superstar when he's playing at, at you know, when he's playing his best or even like close to his best. He's like a true superstar in this league. And you, you saw that in the bubble last year. And even the year before that in the playoffs, he had these he had these moments where like, man, he's like, oh, this dude is this dude is so good. And it's like, but this past year at the bubble, especially like yeah, some of the the way he has like the way he's able to like, you know, he hit some like really big shots and also just like some of the athleticism. I remember that like that one like uh, up and under like Jordan-esque layup he had in the in the bubble like that stuff was insane the way the way that the playmaking playmaking ability of this guy is like incredible to watch and like I mean with having a traditional like you know fundamental big guy like Jokic that team is like you know they started off a little slow but I mean they have they're as a Lakers fan and stuff I mean the Nuggets are one team I never like you, you never overlook as a threat in the West but now it's like really sucks to see them kind of go down like that and uh, yeah tying it into the long we started off with Jamal Murray, even his most recent one, but it just kind of adds to a, a long list of like major players that have been injured this year. Um, we haven't caught up in a while, but I mean, you, I mean, for one of the big ones that's really sad to think about as well, kind of in that same thoughts. Like, I mean, Clay Thompson even being out before the season started, then. Um, you know that that one's like that one's especially especially tough given that you know it's like he tore his like um he had his achilles torn and he has his acl torn so now it's like that recovery and whether he'll ever come back to be the same we all hope he will but it's like that's like whether the splash brothers dynasty will kind of be back on track and especially with this the way steph is balling now um and there's just so many other injuries i'll let you kind of go through some of the other major ones i guess <laughs> yeah no i mean we already know that uh Clay, yeah, Clay to start off even this before the season. Markel Fultz tore his ACL. Uh, that was so sad to see. Uh, and you know, just like I think Fultz, and then we know Isaac. I mean, that was also from the bubble last year. So just like multiple mm-hmm. injuries that we've seen happen, um, and it's just been one. And it's not just like these are the major injuries, you know, the where players are missing time, but we're also seeing a lot of soft tissue injuries. Uh, for example, like, and it's with our stars too, right? Like Kevin Durant mm-hmm. missed like two months. Um, we see James Harden now out with the hamstring. Uh, just with mm-hmm. our team, right? AD's been out like almost two months now. Braun's been out for like three and a half weeks. And so it's just been, we've also missing like our stars. And just if you look at that Nuggets exactly. game last night, it was their fifth night game in seven seven days. So they're, And they're just playing this very packed schedule. They don't have any more than one day off at a time. So just like a very, very packed schedule. And I think this kind of ties back into what you were saying at the beginning, just like how the start of the season was way sooner than anyone expected. And then they wanted to fit in 72 games. And I mean, let's be honest, it's all because of the money. There's no really fan revenue coming in this year, even though slowly fans are coming, but it's no one's playing at full attendance. So it's all for that TV money. And we're really seeing this. This kind of reminds me of, you remember the 2011, 2012 season, the Heat's first championship mm-hmm. year? And I think similarly, like that that year, we saw a lot of injuries. And then it was like all culminated by like the uh, when Derrick Rose, you know, the fateful, uh, fate, uh, that knee injury that he had in the playoff game against the Sixers. Yeah, I think uh, this, there's a lot of different things to like kind of uh, unpack I think in terms of why this is happening I mean the, the NBA obviously is like you know multi-billion dollar business and I mean yeah COVID is hurting everyone and I mean they did do the bubble for a certain team like to, I mean as a Lakers fan I'm like I'm 
so happy the bubble happened and you know like we got to play out our season as, as difficult as it was and get our championship and a lot, but a lot of other teams you know like got didn't get to finish out their season the right way didn't get to play basketball in October as they usually start and for them you know those 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 small market teams those revenue stream like kind of those those teams getting revenue totally aware and cognizant of all, all that and uh, I think just like maybe a couple more months off would have been I, I think would have been a little bit more prudent and pushing it but then there's so many considerations obviously with the Olympics being played this year I don't even know who's gonna play like who's gonna play of the NBA players in the Olympics and stuff and there's been a lot of discussion there um, and this just going to a broader trend in general is just kind of um, does the NBA regular season need to be 82 games long I'm I'm very much a you, you know you, you and Nishant and kind of the guys in our group know how I feel about the regular season in general the football season I mean the football regular season is like every game you can feel that impact of 16 games and one bad loss to a division rival and you could be look, looking at a wild card seat or missing the playoffs altogether but the NBA with 82 regular season games it's like I mean it's it, it's not baseball with like you know 160 plus but it's like it's still like um, it's still like kind of a grind to watch and there's definitely lulls in the season there's so many like the me nowadays with like you know the 24 24 uh, 7 media cycle of the nba there's like i think like the nba always will have buzz around it and the off season loki is sometimes more entertaining than the nba regular season in my personal opinion and i think we need to find a way to like you know like find us a better balance i think obviously like you need a regular season you need a, a certain amount of games you need to generate revenue for fans and audiences but it doesn't hurt anybody and like the nba is like just like any other league is like you know driven by its stars and if your stars are out and injured are trying to look i mean last season we were taking a dump on Kawhi with the load management and all that it's like um do we need to put like how do we incentivize like you know players staying staying healthy staying staying in the league uh, like you know you being able to play the regular season games incentivizing the regular season games more and then like so that fans get a better experience of watching these games player and then obviously for player concerns players don't get injured and playing 82 games of basketball for that long it does take a toll on your body and today's day and age of the nba it's like it's played it's played differently there's like you know the speed of the game is a lot faster and people say in the 90s oh yeah it was more physical and stuff but the speed of the game and how like the kind of the athleticism the skill in the league there's a lot of like you know a lot more cutting movements a lot more like it's a different game being played right now and 82 games may not be sustainable for a lot of you know the average nba player and uh, i mean there's a lot of considerations to be had and i think adam silver is one of the better commissioners in all of sports and i think he would be open to kind of negotiating things and finding a way for these players to stay on the court and fans to be stay engaged but i think this bubble season has not been my favorite i have not, i've not been the most engaged i think a lot of people haven't um, from what i've read briefly the ratings have been down injuries have been up so i think there's needs to be some change that needs to kind of come about and you know, I think there is there there does need to be some discussion in the off season on how we can kind of improve things. Yeah, I think that's it's a struggle that the NBA is definitely facing, right? Uh, just how do we keep the regular season important, but also not risk injuries? I actually like the idea of like the seventy-two game season, but like across like a normal NBA schedule. So like instead of doing eighty-two, just do seventy-two. Um, but obviously I think that's been brought up in the past no one wants to lose like the the five extra games to like uh, that you can get from fan revenue uh, the, especially in, in the with the COVID situation currently I think no one really wants that uh, you know that's that's it doesn't really make sense like uh, it, the 72 game season with like the condensed schedule but it's kind of been unavoidable and ultimately it was a collectively bargained so like the players agreed to it and the owners so it wasn't just like a one side thing 
um, so exactly. you know you can't just really come back it's gonna be like a two side thing and I mean we, we see it like on a on a macro scale where like the for example like with these injuries the it's not just about like them coming back it's about like that they're, they're you could definitely tell they're taking extra long to come back because of the fear of re-injury right and that's ultimately what you don't mm-hmm. want um i think the kevin durant situation in 2019 i mean th- you know he came back he definitely rushed it but it was the, for the finals and i think that was somewhat understandable because it's nba finals like that's what you play for but i think no one's really rushing their stars back for the regular season this year yeah, absolutely not. I think it's like everyone's aware. I think like this postseason could be a lot of fun if like, you know, so at least like some of these guys all come back healthy and like every, not that it's not like pure load management happening right now. But I agree, like everyone's kind of very much being extra cautious of injuries because it's like, you know, there's been. Yeah, I think both Ke- Kevin Durant and like Clay Tom, like the Clay Thompson one also scares people. It's kind of like. Um, you know the risk of re-injury, like, and um, when to rush, when to send, kind of bring them back, and how to bring them back is like, you know, it's, people get these sports med doctors get paid millions, to, and like these training staffs get paid paid millions of dollars to make these decisions, and they're not easy decisions to make. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, other things, I mean, kind of. Yeah, I think the scheduling can definitely help. Basketball is one of those sports where it's like, you know, it's a lot of, um, like, the, there's the, a lot of these injuries are like, you know, overuse injuries or like, you know, hyperextensions, overuse, Achilles injuries, like, you know, like when you have just repeated strain on that on that, on that that uh, tendon, you're going to have more, a higher risk of injury and like playing back-to-backs, playing five of seven. I mean, yeah, now like, yeah, like you bring that up with Jamal Murray playing five out of seven nights. I mean, that definitely is going to be brought up and definitely going to be looked at under the microscope especially given that one of the team's biggest like league's biggest stars especially going into the postseason towards um acl and this has been a this has been a problem for a few years now i think we just talked about this year's injuries but i'd say the last three four years injuries have always been a part of the game but the amount of high profile like uh, nba players have been going down the last three four years has been especially since like yeah the era of derrick rose has been pretty striking and i think Something needs to be said and done about that. And I think, yeah, there needs to be a lot more. Um, the scheduling, I think, needs to change. And there's been a lot of bargaining and agreements. And COVID's thrown a wrench in that. But this next season is also going to be interesting uh, post, post-COVID post and whether fans will be able to come back, what the revenue situation will look like then. But beyond that, you know, with, with the next CBA and all that, where, where do we go and how do we structure the season? And, I mean, Silver is c- clearly willing to like experiment with things i mean there's gonna be another side note is like they're, they're gonna be trying a like a seven through ten play-in situation again for this year cuban cuban made it made it clear that he wasn't a fan of that but uh <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah there's a lot of i think the good thing is silver is open to change but i think there will be a lot of change coming to the nba i think in the next few years and how the game is played and you know discussing uh athlete injuries and the scheduling definitely i mean the, yeah, I saw that Cuban and Luca complaining too, and I was just like, mm-hmm. man, if if they were the sixth seed, I'm sure they wouldn't be talking like that. Uh, but <laughs> that definitely, I mean, you know, usually this is the time of the regular season when it's really not that interesting. But this playing situation, the playing tournament, has definitely kept it interesting. And just to see like how which teams are going to be trying to ducking the the Lakers in the standings is going to be fun to see. But <laughs> but you know, one thing I wanted to, I I think this is a topic that we've always wanted to talk about, but it's we see like all these players getting injured and it's it's you know it's very sad to see when like a player huge player goes down and you know even with like our team right like ad and mm-hmm. and braun now and this is the second time in three seasons that braun's missed significant time and before coming to the lakers you know he never really ha- got injured 
um, and his first major injury was year 16 when he had the the groin injury, and then now this year with mm-hmm. the high ankle sprain. And I, I just found it like very interesting that you know his first big injury was in year 16. Like, and it these injuries are sometimes just freak injuries, right? Like a jumping motion or going up for a layup, something that they do repeatedly so many times. It could literally happen at any mm-hmm. time. Um, I even, I mean, we even. Like we saw this with like you know one of my favorite players like before like with Kobe like just that Achilles injury mm-hmm. it was just a normal basketball move and it, it popped and I think we're seeing it with Braun now you know he's suffering some injuries but it's, it's just the fact that it didn't happen till year sixteen then I think also one of your favorite athletes like in another sport it, which is like Tom Brady and we saw like just this year in like his twentieth season age forty three <laughs> still winning a Super Bowl out there uh, I know you followed both of these players' careers very closely. Like from the beginning, um, just you know, what what are your thoughts on like seeing these two still like performing pretty well at this stage of their careers? Yeah, man. I mean, it's been an absolute blessing to watch these guys play. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, every everyone sings their praises in the media, so I'm not gonna. And you guys have heard me enough, and their accomplishments speak for themselves. I'm not gonna go too much into that, but. Um, yeah, that rec- I think a good segue from kind of what we want to discuss this pod was kind of talking about all these injuries that are happening, stuff that we kind of just talked about how like, you know, some of the systemic things that the league, league can do to help things. But what can a player do and how can other players learn from like, you know, some of the greatest in the sport in terms of how to stay on the field, stay on the court and be pr- producing at a high level later in their career. And these guys are the best examples that have ever done it. So. I think one big one big thing I'll throw there throw out there at the beginning. I mean, they're very lucky, obviously. I mean, I think LeBron. I mean, basketball is one one of those sports where you can't really like you know you can take a certain amount of control over your what happens on the court in your body, but I mean, it's there the freak injury can always happen, and I mean you can you can't really pre- prevent things like you know like if someone lands on you awkwardly after a rebound, you know you buckle the wrong way after a dunk or something that's out of your control, but. The day-to-day, like, you know, preventing yourself from getting into any major injuries, these guys are better than anyone I've ever seen. And I've really done a lot of, like, you know, reading and kind of looked into how, what, what do these guys do that make them so special? And they both just, it's their lifestyle to recover, basically. They're, they invest their entire, like, uh, lifestyle off the court into being ready to perform on the court. Like, so, I mean, with LeBron, it's like, you know, he invests over, uh, this stuff is pretty well documented, invests over a million dollars on himself every year to kind of stay recovered. You see AD and him getting into the ice bath right after every game. There was that, like, funny Insta video or something of them they were in the sitting in the lot, ice right? bath in the, <laughs> in the parking lot. Yeah, there's no, like, you know, they make no excuses for the recoveries. They're kind of recovering and spending that time. LeBron, you know, in the bubble, there was talk about him, like, you know, how can I take my personal chef with me and all that. And the di- and a lot of these other players, too, are kind of following suit. Like, you know, Chris Paul is a vegan and has, like, some of these... Um, these sh- the, the diet is an important component. The You know, the, the recovery, like, the ice the recovery, that's an important component component um you know Le- lebron's like you know lebron's a bit of, I- i'd say like lebron and brady are similar but lebron is a little bit more of a genetic freak i mean i still find it like yeah I- what you just said year 16 not a- he's not even a shooter or guard he dra- he literally d- takes a pounding in the paint and like literally takes so much contact going in constantly i mean part of it is just him like the body control he has the strength he has some of it is some luck but LeBron is like something that not, nothing I've ever seen, you know, like just him being able to stay healthy and on the court that long. Part of it is, I mean, uh, which some of the Jordan stands may bring up is like, yeah, the league is a little bit more um, like a little bit like uh, friendlier to players, a lot, lot friendlier to players these days and doesn't doesn't call like uh, allow people to be as physical as they once were. 
But I think the recovery is just, you know, they invest a lot of time and energy into their recovery and that's what allows them to be great. They treat it as a lifestyle. Going into Brady a little bit more, Brady's is like almost a little bit more intensive. Like I read through his uh, TB12 book on kind of what he does and some of the stuff is like he gets made fun of for some of the stuff. But I mean, like avocado you can't ice argue cream. with the results. I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I eat some avocado ice cream every once in a while too. It's like the the dude looks like if you look at the pictures of him from 25 to 40, he looks like he's literally like Benjamin Button aging in reverse. He looks better and younger now than he did back when he was in his 20s. And like, I mean, objectively speaking, I mean, the results show for Brady. Um, he's a little bit like, yeah, he's neurotic with his diet, like to the point where like, you know, he like really like is very mindful of everything he eats, just hydrates a ton, does like, you know, a lot of electrolytes and then the big thing he does is um, that Brady loves to talk about is the pliability. So he does a lot of work with, uh, you know, uh, Alex Guerrero uh, does like these like d deep tissue massage type things where like they're uh, put them on a table almost after every workout and they basically like loosen up all the muscles. And he talks a lot about how you uh, lengthen muscles instead of um, instead of contracting them. And that's kind of like the like sports have been all about like lifting heavy, bulking up. And uh, a lot of that leads to a lot of injuries. And uh, the, the, he kind of has followed an opposite convention and kind of tried like, I'm going to lengthen my muscles instead and focus more on like, you know, um, resistance band type exercises, low impact stuff, focus on just what I need for to be a quarterback and not lift like the rest of these guys, eat pretty much plant based. And he's made those changes like midway through his career. And like, I mean, he's pro like prolonged his career doesn't show any real signs of slowing down just won a super bowl so that that's incredible and then lebron also i mean lebron doesn't if you watch some of his workouts and i mean he's not as like he doesn't have it as down to a science as brady does i mean he does have the recovery stuff but even his workouts i think they're not as high impact as some of these you know some of these former players uh, especially um after kobe passed i wanted to learn a lot about like you know how what the work? I mean, the thing that inspired me most about Kobe was his work ethic, and I was doing a little bit of reading on what his work ethic used to be. And he tore his Achilles late in his career as well. And that dude was Kobe, MJ, and stuff over that old school mindset. Like Kobe used to just like lift insanely heavy and just train nonstop. And like I mean, there's like stories of the 4 a.m. workouts and stuff. And um, LeBron doesn't really do as much of that. I think he very much values the rest. I mean, he does obviously have a lot of commitments and does put in a lot of time in the gym but he keeps it fairly low impact actually when he comes when it comes to his strength training and so does brady so i think there's something to be said about like you know putting a lot of time into recovery not lifting as heavy and then like you know giving your like treating it as a lifestyle and keeping your body rested and recovered at all times and these guys have done it from early on in their career have been very fortunate obviously brady had the acl lebron had the groin injury and now the ankle sprain but Overall, these guys have been a co fortunate combination of luck, but also a lot of, you know, their own um, preparation, dedication to their craft. As LeBron says, like, I'm dedicated to my craft. And uh, that's kind of the, that's what I would say that these guys do differently. So I'm hoping that these kind of techniques kind of get more widely adopted among the athletes in the league. And also the league starts making it a little bit easier for players to, you know, have be rested and not come in beat up all the time. And, you know look after them and find that sweet spot so that's kind of tying it all together yeah i mean i just thought, thought about like that time that i came to visit you and then I, you know i saw like the tv 12 method in your in your house <laughs> and i was like oh man he's he's read the he's read the bible <laughs> but, dude no i i, I look he follows the stuff man i have like i mean i saw all you guys trying to order those massage guns i have my own theragun <laughs> at home and then i have i i like i have these ice so i have this routine where i kind of use the ice pack like after i work out like lift heavy or something i get the 
the ice packs, get the Theragun, sit down for like 10 minutes, massage everything, kind of ice it. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm inspired by these guys. I mean, I'm like, I think I, like athletes and, um, you know, everybody should be inspired by these these two, this generation of players. Like, you know, it'd be like, you can play until your 40s at a high level if it's a possibility if you take care of your body and there's like, no, like the the old days of like you know you're done as an NFL player and a, or an NBA athlete like in your mid 30s I don't think that's necessarily true anymore these guys have kind of changed the definition of what what an, like the le- the longevity of an athlete's peak so I mean I, I'm inspired by them I try to learn from them as well and I think the rest of the league and the rest of players coming forward I think a lot more of them will adopt a mindset of like let's play longer and smarter rather than you know just lifting hard going hard and like kind of fizzling out relatively quickly so yeah i think that's i think the culture definitely like in the 90s and like early 2000s was about like you know who's who's in the weight room first like who's lifting the most like who's Mm -hmm. in the most like reps and that's kind of how it was uh but Mm -hmm. you know one thing you did bring up with like the physicality of the nba and like the jordan era versus now and yeah it's true it's maybe not as physical but the one thing is these the end like the spacing of the nba is like expanded so much because before everyone was just like clogged in the paint and so yeah you're not you're like Mm -hmm. getting more physical beating but you're not like there wasn't Mm -hmm. as much like side to side movements or like you know like running to the three-point line to close out like those types of like quick twitch movements were just not there or they they weren't required to because you didn't have as many shooters to cover whereas now pretty much everyone's like a shooter and you the amount of like space you have to cover on the court is just like increased so much um compared to like the 90s and early 2000s um, exactly. No, the lateral the lateral quickness you need is completely different in today's game. And um, and another interesting side note, given that I mean I'm kind of like this is kind of some of my like passion project type things. Like it's a lifestyle. Another, thing I, another workout program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like another workout type thing that I, I did recently is like this program called the Work. It's like by this dude kid named Amoyla Caesar. He actually was an NBA trainer for Julius Randle and stuff, and he's having his breakout season. So I kind of this workout program actually he incorporates a lot of the moves and training he does for the NBA pros that he still works with and like I've gotten to see what type of it's all about like I've gotten to see what type of training what type of movements it's actually not at all about lifting heavy in these programs it's much more about like you know glute strength lateral quickness agility and a lot of like absorbing impact being able to change direction that's like honestly what today's NBA is all about and um you know the problem is though like you know the the uh, certain ligaments like the acl after like i did a sports med research here at like mayo and stuff and i worked with a lot like i did a lot of research on this stuff and like the the acl and stuff is just not like some of these ligaments are just not built out for these especially these like really tall players at the way it needs to the, the way it needs to be built for like a lot of this these the way the game is played today and i think the number like athletes have to take a lot more on in terms of putting time into their recovery but also i think the league needs to help them out and kind of evolve to kind of you know space out the games more and not i don't think an 82 game season is sustainable over over a decade for a lot of these players even if you're even if you are lucky enough and you're fortunate you're like a genetic freak like lebron is um you know you're, you're bound to get injured at some point you know like i don't think at the same time i don't think everybody can be a lebron or brady that's that's i mean not a, even if they, even if they spent the million dollars a year did everything not everyone's going to be a lebron or brady so there needs to be a the players need to do their part but also i think the league needs to do their part and i mean let's be honest right like you can do all of this but at the end of the day it's also like a luck it's just it's just mm-hmm. kind of like some mm-hmm. people are lucky some some are not you know and like you said yeah lebron may have like the genetic like makeup and like he may just be like this genetic specimen whereas brady wasn't as we saw by like his nfl combine pictures and stuff 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's really... And then ultimately, they've just, like, sacrificed so much, like you said. Like, they are giving up some time every day to show up at the and at the gym or whatever do whatever it takes right and not everyone is willing to make that sacrifice that like these two are um but ultimately at, mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day you can do everything and it, a lot of it is just luck you have to be lucky you can prepare your body but you just have to be lucky sometimes exactly and then i mean the, the, the side note about they put in the work but also at the same time like Again, they reap the benefits of like, you know, like having such a long career and having like Brady says, like, you know, he's way more in the TB12 method book and stuff. He's way more pain free. He has way less pain now than he did even in his 20s. You know, the way he was playing then he feels like he he's like, I think a big reason why Brady's still playing. Like everyone's like, dude, why isn't this dude retiring? I mean, obviously he's won everything. <laughs> seven rings. It's like it's because they want to win something. He, he so they want the him day. to retire. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he was joking on i mean on twitter the other day he's like i ret- I, I, only, I i do this for the free trips to disney world every year but um basically i think the reason he's playing more now is because i think he's obviously he's gotten sharper like he seen everything that the game has to offer he's seen every defensive scheme seen every set same thing with lebron he's seen all of that but when you're like so good at something and you're like you're still feeling good while you're playing and he said this himself like why would you stop if you enjoy what you're doing and you kind of see the like you're able to play you're pay, relatively pain free and the like most athletes retire when they come to like like Edelman just retired Gronk retired and came back they retire because of like the physical toll on their body not necessarily because they like lost the love for the game or anything like that they like the preparation it takes for me to stay playing this game at the highest level has it's not worth it anymore I, I just like as much as I'd love to keep playing football or basketball I think it's time for me to you know for the sake of my body and for things to like um for, for the sake of my body not blowing out every joint in my body um you know retire over time and the sad thing I mean if you the, the flip side of like um Brady is like uh, I don't know how much you followed Joe Montana after his career and it's like um, from like what I've heard from like you know circles and what I've read about him it's like he's like he had like so many major surgeries even after he's done and he's like actually still very debilitated after his career and he's like has a lot of arthritis and a lot of pain in different areas and he's very limited in what he can do after his career and stuff and there's so I mean obviously in the NFL there's so many players like there's a lot of NFL like Joe Montana and Tom Brady are the ones they compare a lot and then in the NFL, there's so many players in that in that camp, and you know the NBA. Relatively, I think players are like it's it's not as taxing as football is, but I mean there's a lot of like the nagging injuries, and it does take a toll as well. But I mean, what Brady's doing in football, I think obviously he's a quarterback, so he has more leeway given that he's not taking the like and that the league the league also does a lot to protect quarterbacks now, so that'll let him like people like Brady won't be taking as many hits as they once did. Um, and poor, poor, like you know, Joe, Joe Montana obviously didn't have that luxury when he played. So all of this, all of this kind of shows that you know, if, if both the league works together and the players also kind of buy into this, I think the athletes can have a. You can have a lot of these extremely talented athletes. I mean, in the NBA, you see like so many, so much promising talent, uh, so much like you know, skill in the league. You want to see these players play for, play out their careers, not have things shortened out. Obviously, a player like Derrick Rose, like after his MVP season, you know, how explosive he was, how good he looked then. He had injury after injury. You see, like, a Clay Thompson now, and you hope that he can kind of get back to the, like, you know, the flamethrower of, like, a, of a shooter that he was, dropping 28 and a quarter. Like, you know, there's so much talent. You don't want to see any of the stuff cut short by injury. So um, I think we got to be careful and kind of really, um, you know, continue to keep protect the players and, you know, um, allow people to play at a high level as long as they can. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing that both leagues are doing things to 
kind of help. I mean, maybe the NBA, like this season, it's unavoidable with like just the condensed schedule. But definitely football has taken measures to reduce the uh, like the severity of player hits and the number of player hits and just like to improve safety. Yeah. And we're seeing... Uh, but now they're playing 17 games. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and we saw some players who are clearly not happy like Alvin Kamara, but... <laughs> Hey, at the end of the day, you no, know, the, but, unfortunately, like the one language that these two sides both speak is money, <laughs> and they realize, okay, all right. <laughs> it's a balance, yeah. You got to find that. You got to generate revenue, and I mean, it, it is money is what you know makes the world go around and what these leagues are built on. But um, I think they can find creative solutions to kind of make it make it better. Especially the the NBA. I mean, the NFL has obviously tons of work to do with like. I think the. Um, I mean, they've done a lot of rule changes to prevent the head injuries and stuff. There, I think the. I think after, but I'm hoping like, you know, now that uh, something I'm, I'm a little getting a little nostalgic about, I was like, man, as these guys, I mean, I know that Brady and LeBron can't play forever, but I'm hoping there's the next generation of guys, like, you know, what they take from these two is like, you know, the, the recovery and kind of like the fact that you don't have to be like pumping, like, you know, like, like uh, benching like 400 pounds in the gym and just lifting all the time and, and always just tr- overtraining and like kind of taking the time to recover and protect your body into your career. and. That may be something we see hopefully translate into the next generation of athletes that come in. So, I'm hoping as well, dude. I mean, I think we're seeing that these guys are definitely sending a model for players coming up. And, you know, they're showing that you can have longevity. Uh, part of it is luck, like we said. But if you ch- try to take care of your body, you c- it could definitely be something that you could do. But, uh, man, I enjoyed t- talking about this with you. Uh, I know we've been wanting to do this pod for some time. Uh, <laughs> you know, the se- regular season's like coming to a close and we're about 20 games away from like the end of the regular season about a month away uh, so it's like coming up fast and then you know before you know it the playoffs will be here and ultimately you know that's what all this is for it's like you know to get into the playoffs and then that's where basketball is the best mm-hmm. any any brief like nba playoff predictions or trends do you, do you anticipate oh man i mean the get, one thing underway? that i think will be fun is i think the play-in tournament will be a hit for sure i think it, it'll mm-hmm. be here to stay mm-hmm. um you know, we got to give a shout out to Nishan's Knicks, you know, who like killed our Lakers last night. <laughs> Looks like they're yep, going yep. to work. They're the best team, the best team in the league. I mean, <laughs> like as Deva said, um, <laughs> uh, we beat the Nets, the Knicks beat us. So hence the Knicks are the best team in the league. Oh man, And it, it looks like we're going to have playoff basketball in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the Knicks are back. So we're going to have both New York teams in the playoffs. Uh, in the West, you know, it's, it's just going to, well, in the East, like that, the other thing I'm looking forward to is who gets the number one seed between Brooklyn and Philly because it looks like you know whoever gets a one seed will be able to avoid Milwaukee in the second round which will be big um, mm-hmm. you know the West it's just it's just like a I think the top two seeds are pretty much locked in the Jazz and the Suns but after that between the mm-hmm. Clippers uh, Nuggets Lakers Mavs Blazers they're all kind of just bunched in there and then we'll yeah. see like you know I think the West is yeah the West is gonna be wild I think the West is gonna be like wild and have a lot of things I hope the Mavs match up with the Clippers in the first round. That'd be great. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. uh, and then, because Luca, Luca is the Clippers. I would, I would, I wouldn't um, mind Clippers so, Blazers either. Just all that trash talk between Dave yeah, and the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the West is gonna be wild. Uh, for, yeah, poor Nuggets. I mean, I think they were they were definitely like a scary team with Murray. I think they're a little less, a lot less scary now without him there. So I feel bad for them. Um, yeah, the West is pretty up in there. This, the play-in team, uh, yeah, we have to first get healthy as a Lakers, so we'll see how that plays out for us. We haven't even gotten to like 
like there's all these new roster additions we have to literally figure it out on the fly so we'll see how that plays out for us and whether we can just flip the switch we'll see if there's i mean these guys if they come back healthy and rested lebron and ad i mean you know they're they've they have the championship experience now and they've done done it before so i mean you can i mean lebron obviously had it now ad has it too so that'll be useful just a matter of how the timeline thing, thing, things play out. I think in the East, it's, yeah, I mean, six, Sixers uh, and Nets are kind of your teams to obviously look at look at, at the top of the standings. And I think the big thing, obviously everyone is very, very in on Brooklyn winning it all potentially, which they have, the, I mean, the right to be the, the favorites to win it. But the big thing is, um, can they guard a, can they guard the big men of the East? Having to play, if they have to play a Giannis, if they have to play an Embiid, especially if they have to play an Embiid, can they match up with the bigs of the East and you know the physicality of the East in a playoff series? And that's something we won't know until we get there. Will Kyrie play like play in the playoffs? Will you know like <laughs> will all these guys like you yeah, just never all know of that come together and. <laughs> Yeah, you just never know like how all that'll play out. But I mean, if Brooklyn stays healthy, can play some defense, and you know, like find a way to like contain the big men. If DeAndre Jordan has like a playoff run for the ages, like in terms of matching up with the big men, then I, I don't see anyone beating Brooklyn with that offensive firepower and some semblance of defense. But if um, you know they're n- not able to figure out that some some issues and get in a physical playoff series, it could be fun out east. But I think it'll be exciting though. I think we all want to see all these players kind of come back healthy and all of them playing. Playing to get playing each other at the highest level and playing healthy, so hopefully we get that in May. Yeah, I mean I, I love Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's gonna come out of the East. It's like you just said, a matter of health. Uh, I, it, just between the too much firepower, like KD, Kyrie, Harden, mm-hmm. and then they have Joe Harris as their shooter, and then that fifth guy, they can pretty much rotate whoever they want for like the big. So they have DeAndre Jordan, Nick Claxton. They signed Blake. They signed Lamarcus Aldridge. They could play it's Jeff crazy. Green. They literally have five options to choose for for that fifth guy, and or like they've even played mm-hmm. like Bruce Brown as their center. So they pretty much like can just go based on the matchup. They have like four solid starters that they know they're going to be there, and then the fifth guy they can just rotate based on the matchup. So they have like tremendous versatility. Uh, but you know, in the West, and the fact that like and the fact that that Harden is this dangerous is like you know like like. 15 assist Harden is actually way scarier than 30 points a game Harden, which is something I didn't really anticipate, but that's like what the Brooklyn Nets have showed. It's like when Harden's like a distributor, especially with this team, it's way scarier than when he's a scorer. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But in the West, you know, unfortunately, like the Clippers are actually looking really good. I think Rondo's really (laughs) going to help them. Uh, And, you know, playoff Rondo, like we experienced him firsthand last year. Uh, He's going to be good for them, I think. You know, there's a good chance, especially if we're not healthy, and now with the Nuggets injury, I think the Clippers can make it out of the West this year. This might be their year. Uh, PG's looking good. The only thing I, I think is like you know the Jazz and Suns, who no one would have thought they would be the one and two seeds, but I think there's also not as much of a fear factor with them just because we haven't seen them do it in the playoffs before. Um, the Suns, we know Chris yeah. Paul can, but no one else has playoff experience on their roster. Yeah, and then Donnie Mitchell showed it at points. It's just like, yeah, he's also. I mean, that that series last year was it? Was it? Um, was it Jazz Nuggets? Was that the really intense series? Or there's one series that was just like in the bubble last seven year. Games. It was. Yeah, in the bubble. Oh yeah, yeah. Jazz Nuggets first round uh, where like Donovan and Jamal. Jazz Nuggets. That's that series. I just remember like just Mitchell was just like it was, that was just like a neck to neck, very tight series, and like. That could have gone either way, and I think if like if Mitchell had like if they'd won that series and they'd gone another round or two, like I think we'd have a different discussion about Donovan Mitchell. I'm sure that's kind of fueled him into his, this run this year for the, the Jazz. So 
Um, I think I think they're all the teams in the West have a reasonable chance. I think it's a matter of health, chemistry, and kind of obviously X's and O's and who comes and executes better. But the West is, I'd say the West is pretty wide open. I don't see like a it's going to be a, a bloodbath favorite in the, in the West. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The West usually is, but this year it just seems very open as well. But yeah, man, can't wait for the playoffs to start. Yeah, dude. For sure. All right, dude. Good talking to you. And yeah, we'll hopefully players get healthy, take some of these tips that uh, I've dropped on this podcast, <laughs> and get, get get their body right. Get their get their body right. Go read the TB12 <laughs> method. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. All right, we'll sign off on this pod. Till next time. <laughs>